Hello, I'm Heat. And I'm Rocket Kid. And this is Ordinary Chaos. A podcast about ordinary life. Because you don't have to be famous to be interested. What's normal for me might be unusual for me. Let's do this! today with Nicole Warner from germanwithnicole.com. Nicole and I know each other from a podcast workshop. She has actually heard all the bad stuff that I <laughs> that I put together before Ordinary Chaos became what it is as you know it. And Nicole loves a recent trip she took to her local art museum. Tell me about that, Nicole. I went to the Milwaukee Art Museum and it fed my soul. <laughs> That's That's pretty much how I would sum it up. There was such incredible artwork, and I realized how long it had been since I had spent a significant quantity of time looking at that many beautiful things. It was so cool. And I was also really impressed with myself because I could remember a lot of the artists' names from (laughs) other trips to other museums. But actually, in my French class in college, we took a trip to the Art Institute in Minneapolis, and there was a Rodin exhibit, and they talked about like how he basically ran a workshop, so he didn't even do all of the sculpting, which apparently was something a lot of people didn't know for a long time, that was that Rodin didn't do all of his own sculpting, because he had a workshop full of people who did the sculpting for him. Good gig if you can get it, huh? No kidding. <laughs> It shouldn't be Rodin sculpted that. It should be, this came from the Rodin workshop. Right. Rodin inspired. Yes. Rodin led. Something like that. (laughs) Anyway, there was also a painting called Atem, or Breath, I believe it was, by Gerhard Richter, who's a famous German painter. Because Milwaukee has a big history, a long history of German and Austrian immigrants. So... There's a lot of German and Austrian art, (laughs) which really speaks to me as a German speaker. (laughs) Nice. It was lovely. So the long hiatus, I assume, was COVID-induced? Yeah, pretty much. Sad. Yes. But we're getting there. very sad. We're getting there. And I just heard good news that two more booster shots have been approved by the FDA. And I thought that was the best news I've heard in a long time. Like, that's the best news since I got my second dose of the vaccine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's exciting. It is. It is. It is. All right. So I want to know what your younger self would be surprised about your current self. I think my younger self would be surprised that so much of my life is very different than I ever thought it would be. I didn't think that I would ever run my own business, but now I see that I was wrong <laughs> when I was younger. I took a, I took a, it was like a personality test for entrepreneurs and the printout said that I have the archetypal personality of an entrepreneur. <laughs> and I thought, oh, Well, that's why none of the career tests they gave me in school made any sense, because it was all like, you should be a secretary. You should be like one of the people who does music for movies. And I thought, I live in a small town in Wisconsin. How do you become a music producer for a movie? (laughs) 
Because that means you have to go to California. But I live in Wisconsin. Hmm. <laughs> and probably, also, I think my younger self would be surprised at how many countries I've already traveled to. Because I'd like to do some more traveling. But I think I think my younger self would be surprised that all of that actually happened. These are happy surprises. Yay. Yes. Absolutely. However, the colors, like if you think of life like my life, it's going to look like this. It's going to look like orange and a little bit of green and some pink. But actually, it's royal blue and <laughs> whatever, dark green and a highlight of sunshine yellow. It's very strange. Yes. But it's okay. When I wonder if there's anyone who's 40, 50, 60, whose life is exactly the way that they had expected it to be. Mm. I think it's a story we get sold to people like, okay, so you make this plan for your life and then all of these things fall into a row. But if your life doesn't meet that, well, then we don't have a story for you. Yes. Because we only have this one script and it's totally not true. Not true at all. It'd be much nicer if we taught younger people how to manage difficult situations, how to say respectfully, you know what, this doesn't work for me. I think I'm going to take a detour. I think what I actually want looks different than what I thought it looked like. So I'm just going to take this detour. Oh, this isn't a detour. This is an entirely different road. Cool. <laughs> and I like where this one is going. Or I don't, and I'm going to turn again. Yes, because it's, it's your ship. You should sail it. Yes. I like the ship even better than the roads because roads are still pre-carved. Good point. But a ship just needs to be on water and can go, like you can veer just a tiny bit off course and end yep. up in the drastically different place. You can steer off course with a boat. You can steer whichever way you want to and you can make a dramatic change or not. Yes, this analogy works much better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we could work through that. <laughs> Plus boats. <laughs> water. Sunshine. That's what I think of. Boats, water, and sunshine. Nice. Much more appealing than a car. You're not stuck in, like, you don't have to sit, because if you're in a bigger boat, you can walk around. Yes. Walking around is not overrated. Oh, totally not. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to the career test thing, the only thing that I remember from taking career tests in high school is that I was supposed to be a mortician. Wow. And I'm sure there were other things that came up on it, and... I don't remember them. That's the only one I remember. Wow. That's really fascinating. How did you respond? Like, how did you react to that? I, I, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. I was like 15. It was a lot of years ago. But I remember that that came up. There was a guy in my college who became a mortician's assistant because he, in college, he decided to steer his ship in a different direction. He still finished his degree and he was working as a mortician's assistant and our janitor showed up on the slab one day. And the janitor, we discovered, this is really cool, he wrote greeting cards in his spare time. Huh. And he was a janitor for our dorm. He did a very good job, and everybody liked him. And he died of a heart attack playing golf. Oof. But if you like to play golf, and you have a good job, and you get to do what you love... Hopefully those can be two of the same things for a lot of people. He would be dead happy. Right. That was cool. But I'll never forget the guy in college. He's like, he was standing outside the door smoking a cigarette. <laughs> I can't remember the janitor's name, unfortunately. But he's like, yeah, he showed up on the slab today. And I remember thinking, whoa. <laughs> 
life and death at the front door of the dorm. There you have it. Well, I imagine you can't have that job and not see people who you know, right? You have to come across people you know at some point. Yeah, especially if you're in a small town. I would think. I mean, what do I know? Like, I'm making stuff up, but that's my guess. I think I think that's how it works, though, because the you know they they like to do things locally because they have to know the the churches and they have to know the synagogues and they have to know the the parks. Like they have to know like people who don't want to have their service in a church or a synagogue or any religious space. They want it to be in a park. Like they have to know all of the people because you have to have. Sometimes you have to have a permit. Sometimes you don't. From what I understand. Interesting. I, I've obviously been to a lot of funerals and memorial services, <laughs> but I still don't feel like. Uh, I missed my calling. I don't think you did either. Music is just too good. <laughs> Music is good. It's just too good. It's too good for too many people. You didn't want to miss that one. I was excited when I learned that you were also a musician. Really? Because I was excited when I found out that you're a musician. I was like, <laughs> oh, we have so much in common. I think it I think it gives you a, like when you find out that somebody else is a musician, you just, you can lock into something about that person's personality. It's like, okay, so you know how to practice and you have this certain kind of discipline you know how to be flexible, and most importantly, you know how to collaborate with other people. Yes, unless maybe you're a trumpet player. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> so I used to ask people what they would like to be famous for. People were like, I don't want to be famous. So I changed the question. Cool. If you had to be famous for something... What would it be? Mm. And it could be, you know, large scale famous or niche famous, anything in between. Mm. I would say if I had to be famous for something in my niche, because I don't want to be big scale famous, yuck, not for me. Mm -hmm. I would want to be well regarded for my sense of integrity. Nice. Yeah, there are a lot of things about the world that really bother me and they really grate on my nerves. And I realized because it's because they grate on my sense of integrity because they are somehow superficial or too emotional. They're not based in values and specific choices that people make. They're just people who are like seaweed in the water <laughs> and they just kind of go wherever the current goes. And that, that to me lacks integrity. That really bothers me. It's pretty deep. <laughs> it goes it goes way deeper than that too. But I think I think if you have a sense of integrity, then respect for other people falls into place. And a lot of like we could lose a lot of labels that way if people had a better sense of integrity. Because it's like in my mind, I think of I think of my values as overarching categories, and then there are maybe anywhere between six and twelve words which collapse into that category. Sure or fold up into it. And then so many other things just aren't a problem anymore, or they don't need to be addressed anymore. And I think, I think that would be a much nicer way if more people could walk through the world that, that way. If they could sail their ships that way. It would be very nice. Yes. I can do analogies all day long, by the way. It's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I just talked to a new private client. He's going to start, I think, next week or the week after. And he said something about Oh, he said something about German, and he's he's a physician. And I said, well, German is a system. So if you think of it like the respiratory system and the circulatory system, and his eyebrows went up and his eyes got really big, like, you get me. <laughs> <And> he said, 
I can use whatever analogy you need. I will make it happen. So you understand German. He was very excited. Nice. <laughs> I've done library analogies. I think I've done some running analogies, but that was a stretch because I hate running. <laughs> I love to exercise, but not running. <laughs> so would you say that analogies are your superpower? Yes, let's go with that. I didn't think of something that's my superpower, but I think that really is because being able to see something from somebody else's perspective is really powerful. You have to be able to see something from somebody else's perspective in order to create analogy, an analogy around it. Yes. Even if it's a superficial analogy. Yes. You still need to have some vision. Yes, absolutely. And to be able to see it from somebody else's perspective, from their vision. Right. Through their telescope. Let's just weave this ship analogy through everything. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, this is my superpower. <laughs> As you're moving through the world of people who may or may not have integrity, is there anything that you wish people knew about you? Whether it's people who you actually know and interact with intentionally or people in passing at the grocery store or the art museum or whatever? Mm. I wish people knew that I really appreciate it when they get to know me a little bit at a time and try to understand me better because I've discovered that too often in the U.S., because I'm half German, half U.S. American, but I find too frequently that there are two types of friends the very arm's length kind of friends and the very close friends. And I really appreciate it when I meet somebody and we can go from arm's length to a little bit shorter, to a little bit shorter, to a little bit shorter, to a little bit in the middle and then more in the middle. And like, oh, this is a, this is a middle level friend. Cool. That's very nice. That's very, that's a very valuable person to have in your life. And then that person can like slowly walk in, walk in, walk in. One of my friends has a fantastic analogy for this. An analogy? Nah. Yes, really. <laughs> She said, it's like sidewalk friends. Oh, she's a sidewalk friends, like people who pass by on the sidewalk and you say hello. And then there are front yard friends and you can have a little bit of a longer conversation, but then they also leave. And then there are front porch friends and then there are living room friends. And then there are the kitchen talk table kinds of friends. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's how I think of it anyway. But I think it's really nice. I think it's a I think it's a much it's a much more Germanic way of approaching personal relationships in general. I did a I did a whole map of all of the different people you might come into contact with. And I, I put it like if you could imagine Lego blocks together, but big blocks on a whiteboard. And so we listed off in the class in German the names of all of these different people. So there was the neighbor, the friend, the acquaintance, the boss, the coworker. And we just went through all of these differentiations of the relationships. And I said, okay, when you are in Germany, your neighbor is not your friend. Your neighbor is your neighbor. Your doctor is not your friend. Your doctor is your doctor. You might have some social interaction with your doctor, but you're not going to talk to your doctor about anything doctor-wise outside of your doctor's office. And then this, that, and we went through the whole thing and they said, this is so helpful. <laughs> I said, not everybody's a quote, quote, friend, which is a misnomer, because some people are friends, some people are capital F friends, some people are acquaintances. 
And where I come from, calling somebody an acquaintance is actually an insult because it's like, I know this person. The connotation is, I know this person, but I don't actually want to know this person. So I'm going to call them an acquaintance. Yes. Yes. And I think I we need to we need to divorce ourselves from that idea. An acquaintance is someone you know just a little bit. Yes. You're acquainted. Yes. You have met, maybe you've had one or two short conversations, but that's all you can really expect from that person. So I wish that other people understood that about me better, that I have more differentiations in my life than lowercase f friends and uppercase f friends. (laughs) (laughs) You can take this episode now and share it to all the people and then they'll know. Yes. Yes. It'd be very nice. And then everyone can wonder, did she mean that she wanted me to know that? (laughs) (laughs) What does she mean by that? (laughs) Don't make me do emotional labor for you, too. (laughs) You just take it at face value. Like, the map exists inside my head, but it's never going to be out on Twitter or something. (laughs) That would be inappropriate because those people are sidewalk people. They just kind of go floating by. Actually, those are car people because they just go driving by and you wave to them. Like, bye. (laughs) If you're on Twitter, which I never go on Twitter. (laughs) I go on Twitter every now and then. And even though I don't follow very many people, and even fewer follow me, It's still like a toxic wasteland. It's amazing. It is quite remarkable. And the other Akimbo alum that I had a conversation with this morning, he said, it's like fashion. People are looking for the latest fashion, but it's no longer only clothes. It's also whatever bandwagon they could jump on. I'm paraphrasing the conversation from this morning, but it just like something clicked in my head when he said that. And I thought, yes. And that's what I dislike about it so much. Right. Particularly going back to the beginning of the conversation talking about integrity. Yes, exactly. That really grates on my nerves because if you're just following the latest hashtag just because you can, there is no integrity to that. No. Then you're just seaweed in the water and you go wherever the current bends you. Nein. Das machen wir nicht. (laughs) We're not going to do that. What's a piece of advice that you were given that you were glad that you did not follow? There was a professor in my college whose summer class I quit, and I quit it for good reasons. And he took me out into the hallway and told me that I was going to regret dropping his class for the rest of my life. (laughs) (laughs) And he was mean about it. Like, When I think about the memory now, I remember how yucky it felt that a professor whom I was paying treated me that way. And he later became like the assistant dean or dean or something of the college. Nobody liked him. And there there were reasons I wasn't going to share with him about why I was dropping the class. And also, I needed to work and make money, which was very real. And he was like, you're going to regret this for the rest of your life. And I remember walking away thinking, I don't like how you treat me. This college is getting a lot of my money, including what goes part of what goes towards your salary. And that's how you treat me. And I'm paying you. That's not okay. 
And I'm really glad that I dropped the class because it was way too much. I was totally overloaded. And I believe I only ever had to speak with him two more times for official school things. And other than that, I simply avoided him. And it was, I'm very glad to this day. Well, and how self-important are you? Like Not me, to, him. Uh, no, no, no. That's, <laughs> that's what I meant. Sorry. Like, I know. To, to say that this decision is going to haunt you forever, like it's a college class. It's a college class. And I had some classes that were fantastic, but I'm not sure if I've had any that would haunt me if I hadn't taken them. No, because it's one class. It's one part of however many classes I had in four years, eight semesters. And since I studied music, I had more classes than all of the other programs. Yep. So I don't understand how his like Minneapolis City architecture class could have been so powerful as to make me regret it for the rest of my life. Well, and often... Classes that are truly life-altering, if you have one at all, and I would say that most people probably don't, which is fine because that's not necessarily what the goal is, Mm -hmm. but that that comes in part through relationship. And someone who acts that way is not going to build relationship in such a way as to have that outcome. And he made it personal, which lacks integrity. So there we come back to that spot. Uh Uh-huh. I never thought about it that way, that that's, why, that that's why it bothered me so much, because he wasn't concerned about my relationship with the school or my relationship with my degree and getting the credits done in four years, which was one of the school's goals. And of course, it was my goal, because at the time, there were a lot of people who needed five or six years to finish their degrees. I don't know what it's like now. And people didn't like him, and they didn't want to work with him. The students didn't want to work with him. I wasn't the only one. And that's his legacy, and that's really sad. Yes, I wonder how many people in those situations just need some self-confidence so you don't Mm -hmm. need to force yourself on people to feel like you're effective. Like just be effective and be confident and let things roll. What if he had said, hey, this doesn't seem like you. I'm, I'm a little bit concerned. Can we just like meet and have some coffee later and have a conversation? That's a completely different conversation. Yeah, completely different person. And that, because of that smacks of true relationship, not, I'm more important than you are. Not power. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My calculus teacher in high school once, I had to miss class one day for a jazz band thing. Mm -hmm. And he was super upset about it and was like, well, if jazz band's more important than calculus, I'm going to school for music next year. So... Yes. Yeah. So yeah, actually it is. (laughs) In a similar vein, but not necessarily the same, we all get feedback from people about different things that we do and way that we walk through the world or from situations. So maybe from a group of people or whatever. And sometimes that feedback changes us and that change sticks. Have you gotten feedback from a person or a situation that has changed you for better or for worse? There's one thing that has really stuck with me for a very long time. And now, now that you've asked me that question and we've had this conversation today, I think I finally get why. Because so in high school, 
I took up through, we called it functions and pre-calc. So we did trigonometry and those kinds of things. Functions, loved. <laughs> Limits, exciting. Um, <laughs> and our teacher for that was Mr. Olson. And Mr. Olson did really cool things with our class. For example, he brought in his daughter to talk to us about going to college and then moving on to get a job. And she's a podiatrist. Like, whoever meets or whoever met a young female podiatrist in the late 90s. <laughs> that was really revolutionary of him to do. He was also a beekeeper and he brought in a whole bunch of things about bees and he made his own beeswax candles and he talked to us about this, that, or the other thing. And I think I really underappreciated him when I was in his class because of this. Because one day I had, I got an incorrect answer on some homework and it was graded homework. So I got like 19 out of 20. But it really bugged me because I should have gotten the correct answer and I didn't get it. And so I asked him about it. I walked up to the front and I asked him about it. And he he said something and then he waited for me to see if I would get it, if it would click. And I said, oh, because I should have done this instead of that. And because I should do this then, because I have to do this instead of that. And then it goes like this and X equals whatever. And he said, yes. And you can have the point now because I know that you get it. And he gave me the point back. And I will never forget how that felt that somebody said, oh, I know how I know I can hear the thought process in your mind. You've taught me this, basically. And it was a wonderful demonstration of how learning doesn't necessarily have something to do with the points, but the points are required for school. And I think it's at that point that in my brain, something that Seth Godin talks about a lot is how education isn't the same thing as learning. And it started to fork in my brain at that point. Education is a system and learning is a thing and an experience. And that's the realm that I live in because I don't give people grades for German. I don't give them tests. I give them comprehensive chapter worksheets. And they give me their own self-assessment of how they think they are doing, how well they understand a concept. And if they need more practice or more help, we go back to that topic and we do it again. Well, because ultimately they want to learn to speak German. Right. They don't need a grade to go order a schnitzel and a beer <laughs> or to go to a nice restaurant and get like, you know, some kind of whatever dish with truffles, truffle sauce on potatoes, which I had once, which was outstanding. <laughs> it was a very nice restaurant. I miss it. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, to be able to not simply go and be a tourist, but to go and to engage with people. Two of my clients, they like to do Danube river cruises. And they stopped in one town and they found this sign and they said, okay, we've, we've only done a couple of chapters in the German book, but let's look for the words that we know. What can we figure out based on the words that we know? And this German man approached them because he was so impressed that they were standing there with their dictionary on their phones trying to figure out what the sign meant. And it meant so much to him that he stopped what he was doing with his day to talk to them about the sign to help them understand it. Nice. That's what it's all about. Yes. That was cool. That was a really cool story. That is cool. Warm and fuzzy. A little bit. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have a question you want me to ask the next person? What's one of the smallest things that you do to make life nicer for someone else? 
Nice. It's an important question. It is. It's important answer. <laughs> yes, the answer is much more important. Maybe the maybe the activity that's attached to the answer. I would like to know what other people do. What's the smallest thing, or what's one of the small things that you do to make some make life nicer for someone else? So the next guest will answer that, and when mm-hmm. this episode goes live. That question will be on my website, and anyone who's listening can go to the website and give their answer to the question to make it part of our bonus episode. Oh, I like it. I like it a lot. Very cool. Excellent. And so the previous guest had a question for you, Mm -hmm. and that is, what is something you've always wanted to do but haven't done yet? And she was very adamant about the yet on the end. Mm. I can think of lots of things I'm not going to say on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've never tried to get an agent for my singing. Oh. That's something that I could do. That's one option. There are some things I would like to do with my business that I haven't done yet. I think that would be really cool. To be announced later. (laughs) (laughs) I've always wanted to go to Bhutan. I think that would be a really, really cool experience. What draws you to Bhutan? The fact that they protect their culture. That they say, this is our culture, these are our people, and these are the different elements of our culture, and we want this to last. Interesting. I I think it's really fascinating Because I want to find out if it's based in their relationship and their community with one another, or if it's maybe some kind of stubbornness or something entirely else that I haven't thought of yet. Fear, maybe. That's what I like about travel is that it it reminds me that I don't have all the answers and that I like not having all the answers. (laughs) (laughs) I like learning. I like finding things out. Also, strangely, I've hardly ever told anyone this, but I'm going to say it. Okay. I I sing a song cycle of Vietnamese songs, and I think it would be really cool to sing them in Vietnam because I'm the only person so far. There's somebody else who's learning them, but I'm the only person so far who sung the song cycle in its entirety. And I think it would be really, really a cool experience to learn about Vietnam and to go sing it in Vietnam. There's somebody in France who was like, could you someday? <laughs> I thought, I, I don't know. Why not? Yeah, that would be really cool because they're really, really beautiful pieces. And the poetry is heartbreakingly beautiful. And also because I don't know anything about Vietnam and I don't really know it much about the Vietnamese War. So I think it would be, I think that would be a journey of discovery. And that's why I would like to do that. Nice. Yeah. That's really cool. Thanks. Well, if you have become interested in learning German from Nicole, which was not our purpose here today, but it is what she does. She's at germanwithnicole.com. I'll put that in the show notes. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. It was so fun. Danke schön. Thank you very much. (laughs) This was a blast. 
Our editor is Heat G-Check. Co-editor Rocket Kid. Produced by Heat G-Check. To learn more about me, Heat, or more about this podcast, go to OrdinaryChaosPodcast.com. Sound design and recording by Keith Kelly. You can learn more about Keith and his work at www.keithbkelly.com. Covering Storm by Rocket Kid and Cat Girl. Ordinary Chaos is an ad-free podcast. Because ads are annoying. To support the podcast, go to OrdinaryChaosPodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Rocket Kid signing off. That's what I thought the question was. Was there feedback? It's a different question. Yeah. I haven't asked that one yet. Oh. They were two different questions. Oh, then I must have skipped it. Well, sorry, you're going to have to cut a whole bunch there. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) I have the software. Good. Feedback. Ask me the question again, please. Um, Do do you want to go to the one that's actually in your brain and then come back to that one? (laughs) Probably, yes, because I think I need to get it out. (laughs)